Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast for those wanting to connect with the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies in California through hearing stories from and learning more about the families in cattle country. Initially for this episode, we'd planned to go to Fresno, but given the incredible amount of precipitation, the livestock yard we planned to visit was underwater. We had a meeting in the mines, kind of a brainstorm to figure out what we were going to do next. Katie sent along an article that Maureen Legrand, who works with CCA, wrote about the superbloom, or impending superbloom. A superbloom is a phenomenon in which an area experiences a huge amount of wildflower blooms in one season. This typically happens in an arid climate, where precipitation and other environmental factors allow for a lot of seeds to germinate at the same time, making for a beautiful result. Pollinators like butterflies and bees and hummingbirds are also present. I also learned that wildflower tourism is a thing, and that Bear Valley in Williams, which is our destination, is quite popular for this reason. I contacted Jim Keegan of Keegan Ranch in Bear Valley and spoke to him, and he said he wasn't available until Thursday, March 23rd. He also said that the superbloom is yet to occur, and if it does, it's going to happen in mid-April. The reason for the delay in meeting was yet another atmospheric river that was passing, and touring a ranch in the rain isn't ideal. From Sacramento, Keegan Ranch is just about 60 miles away. Though when I put it into my Maps app, it listed it being about an hour and 40 minutes away. I headed north on 5 to Williams from Sacramento. Once in Williams, you go west on 20 through Leesville, and then south into Bear Valley. The final 5 or 6 miles is the reason that it takes so long, as it's incredibly windy as you're going up what Jim calls the East Hills, and then descend into Bear Valley. It's one of those roads that's so narrow that if there's someone coming the opposite direction, it takes some ingenuity to get by. Sometimes you have to go backwards. In fact, just before Leesville, I encountered a sedan being pulled out of a ditch on a tight turn. Keegan Ranch is hard to miss. There's not much in the valley. When I arrived, I parked on the side of the house. Typically, and I mean almost all the time, I'm usually greeted by a ranch dog of some sort. It was about 10 in the morning, and the ranch was quiet. I poked around a little bit, and not seeing anybody or any dogs, I walked around to the front of the house, through a front gate, to the front door, where I met Jim Keegan. Ryan? I'm Ryan. Come on in, Ryan. Everybody goes around to the back. I, I wondered. I didn't know uh, which door to go to. Yeah, well, that's fine. We set up for the interview in his kitchen, where he's conducting the day's business. Jim was donned in normal rancher attire, you know, denim, boots. He also had a toothpick in his mouth most of the time. During the interview, he'd frequently get up, kind of wander around the kitchen, pointing out different things, which you might notice in the audio of the interview. I'm Ryan Donahue and stories from California cattle country. Well, I'm Jim Keegan, a fourth generation rancher here in Bear Valley. Our family settled in 1880 um, with, they bought 530 acres here in Bear Valley. My gr- father grew it to close to 7,000, and um, so I'm trying to keep a legacy ranch going on. The theory is there was a lot of people settled in the hills in those days because the Sacramento Valley flooded out. It was uninhabitable in the wintertime, so they settled in the hills. My great-great-grandfather 
he was a gold miner over in Moore's Flat, over in the Sierras, foot, foothills of the Sierras, and supposedly his wife's sister lived in Bear Valley, so they had relations here. And so that's how, or the reason they settled here. In 2016, you, you created a, an agreement with uh, the California Rangelands Trust. Can you explain what benefit you got from that, that agreement? 20 years prior to 2016, keeping a close eye with on California rangelands, we were losing pasture land to many facets of either agricultural change in production or residential uh, use. And uh, so I wanted to make sure that we still had a place to run cattle no matter what the future held for California. Was there any downside to that agreement or anything that you had to capitulate to? Did it take any, anything from you? So far, no. This week, because of an incredible amount of precipitation we've been having, we've been in an extreme drought for, I believe, three years, maybe more. With all the, the precipitation that you've been getting, and with your time on this property being for a long time, is it a big win? Is it just kind of a cyclical thing? Well, you, you got to be careful what you wish for. Now, too much of a good thing is is maybe not so good because we've had a lot of my fields have been underwater for quite some time, and but it'll drain off. But the, in the meantime, the cattle are looking for something to eat. It's been cold. So, but the future is bright. Today, as we're speaking, um, the grass, sun is shining. Uh, we're going to have a lot of feed. Did you have to, because typically, and I don't know if I'll, uh, the listeners always understand this, but ideally, you know, you manage your herd size based on the amount of feed available naturally, right? And then if there's not enough feed, you bring in hay. Did the rain come soon enough this year, or have you been feeding hay? Or I haven't fed any hay this year whatsoever. And um, we try to leave uh, the old feed. It's called residual dry matter, RDM. So we try to leave a lot of dry feed for our cattle to come home from Oregon. So we're, ne we're not in a, a feeding situation. We spoke a little bit just about the wildflower tours that you've done here. This is the first time I've ever heard of a super bloom or something of that nature. Could you just explain what that is exactly? Well, it can be interpreted by the individual expressing the term super bloom. I expect we're gonna have a lot of wildflowers. Growing up here, I can identify a lot of the flowers that are coming. So the month of April, we're a little bit late this year because it's been cold. So I look for the middle of April to be a significant bloom. In my reading about this area and people that want to come and view wildflowers, unrelated to this ranch, there's basically like you have to park on the side of the road and there's no parking. Like it's not, it's not convenient, it's not accessible, but still a lot of people I think come up here and do that. You kind of went another direction to where you allow people access to property so they could experience this. What was the reason for that and what are the benefits to you and to, to the guests that come? Well, over the years, I've re rebuilt every fence on the ranch here and Growing up here, you would see 
For 30, 40 years, people would crawl through the fences or try to open a gate right by a no trespassing sign and try to get in the field. I didn't have a problem with it, but I didn't want to have to chase them around making sure the gates were closed or they got hung up in the fence or something like that. So when I rebuilt the one fence here we call the horse field, I put in an access gate uh, with its spring-loaded gate there so nobody has a problem getting in. And it closes itself. And it keeps the cattle in the field that they belong in. What's the Historically, have you ha had any experiences with the public and their interaction with the cattle in those fields? Like, is it is it positive or the cows kind of just stay away? Well, we call that the horse field, so we normally have our horses in it, so they're always glad to get scratched by the, the visiting public, so no problems there. Uh, in the 90s, you know, I did wildflower tours here, and they put me on home and garden television, and Bay Area back roads, Channel 3, Deidre Fitzpatrick came up here. But anyway, you know, I educated the public on ranching. And then if you were to give a visitor advice on the best way to, it was weird, I was listening to the radio on the way up here, and on the radio they talked about, about wildflower tourism, but they were talking about Nevada. And it was it was out of Sacramento. The story was from Sacramento, but they were talking to people in Nevada, and, and a lot of it's desert kind of kind of flowers and things like that. And they they talked about super blooms and things, but they said that in some cases there's some areas that they have to close down because there's so many tourists and they actually affect the environment in a negative way because they're just walking off trails or things like that do you have any experience with that or do you have like advice for people if they were to go looking at wildflowers like what to do what not to do just respect the land don't leave trash laying on the property when they bloom do people just show up i mean is it there's a bunch of people because this is not an easy place to access like to get here it's 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 a trek when i was doing the wildflower tours in the mid 90s late 90s we gained a lot of notoriety the ranch here made the front cover of Sunset Magazine in 1998, I believe. And so at that point, I started putting on tours to try to educate the public about the land and the livestock. In reading about you, learned that you do definitely have a passion for wildflowers. Like, do you have any favorite ones or th ones that are rare or anything that you'd like to seek out? No, I, I love them all. <laughs> and then the, with the, the super bloom, I guess what I was hearing is that the idea is that there needs to be certain conditions for a bunch of flowers to come up exactly at the same time. So, because basically with super bloom is it that all the seeds are germinating almost sim simultaneously. I've never been able to figure out what wildflowers, why they come one year and not the next. So there is variation year to year? Yes, it's uh... I mean, are there, are there ever bad years? Yes. 2021 was, uh, didn't have anything. Uh, I don't know if it's a subject you want to talk about, so we can or cannot, but there's, um, I was also reading articles, and I, I just in the last interview I did, uh, with, it was at, um, 
Lunny Ranch at Point Reyes was about the reintroduction in tule elk, having a better understanding. Because again, when we talk about wildlife, a lot of people are like, oh, more the better kind of a thing. Um, can you speak at all? Do you have issues with tule elk? Uh, I've got another ranch that the tule elk herd was one of the last herds left in California. And they've migrated over to me here in Bear Valley. And I love to see the wildlife. And, but I think they're a little bit mismanaged, like a lot of the different wildlife in California. It's the idea that they just don't have natural predators anymore, like it's some, so they can just reproduce as well. Much they've, they there's mountain lions. I think the mountain lion has really devastated the deer herd in here in California, which is sad. I don't know what to think of why we don't have any more deer than we do, but. Predators is probably the main cause. Well, true story. I've got a ranch in Lakeview, Oregon, and there's no hardly any deer out there. You go to town five miles away, you gotta be careful you'd run one over. Um and could you could you explain this seems like a unique environment. Can you explain just a little bit about the kind of the topography of Bear Valley or just kind of like where we're sitting right now? Because for people that can't see it. Well, it's a about a 10 mile valley, probably three miles wide, maybe a little wider in places. And it's a big drainage area. Bear Creek runs through it with a lot, a lot of water coming through here. So I used to tell people on my wildflower tours that all of Bear Valley is similar to a, a vernal pool. Vernal pools are small, small areas where wildflowers like to grow. Well, on a grander scale, Bear Valley is a huge vernal pool. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways, but yeah, well, that's now, the only Let me one. interrupt you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go for a little ride, take some pictures? Sure. Okay. If you want to. If not, I can, I can just do it on foot too. I asked Jim where he'd like to go when he went into town, and in town means into Williams. And he said, Louis Kairos. What do you, uh, what do you get at Louis Kairos? A drunk driving if you're not careful. Oh yeah? Oh, it's a Italian restaurant. Yeah. Really good. We'll stop place. in there for lunch. Yeah, that was my that was the one I had on, on, on my list. Am I invited? Sure. Yeah. Well, no, I'm too. I gotta go in there tonight. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, that place looks like it has personality. Yeah. You gotta have some Louis bread. Order. That half a half order of Louis bread, that's all you're gonna want. Yeah. Get the original. Yeah, the original is what, yeah. Louis Cairo's is a bar and restaurant. It's obviously been around for a long time. It serves traditional Italian fare, also highlighting various types of beef. Okay, half order? Yeah, it's pretty big, right? It's four slices. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll probably take some. With I did order Louis' famous garlic bread. Okay. It was delicious. It's, it's worth a try. 
And then is it is it shameful to, to shake the garlic off the top of the bread, or is that? No, you can take it off and eat it. It's, you know, if it's too much garlic, no, it's I, lots of people do. Do the shake? I would. In about a month, I'll be revisiting Williams, going to Bear Valley to see the flowers, and then stopping at Louis Cairo's for lunch. Maybe I'll see you there. If you'd like to see visuals from our visits, you can see photographs at calcattlecouncil.org. We also have an Instagram account at Country. We invite feedback. If there's something you'd like to hear from stories from California cattle country, you can contact me directly at ryan at calcattle.org. This coming Friday, March 31st, I'll be posting a gallery of photos of wildflowers found in Bear Valley at around noon. When visiting Keegan Ranch, Jim gave me a seed pack from Valley Flowers that he harvested himself, honey from the valley, and also managed to track down a Bear Valley wildflower field guide. The first person to correctly identify the flowers in the Instagram slideshow will receive these items via the U.S. mail. There's only one of each, so good luck. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you for listening.